We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Wire. New England sending QB Jimmy Garoppolo to 49ers. We believe we found the right guy. Garoppolo, quick pass, caught by Kittle. He dives, and he's in. Touchdown, 49ers. Kittle is going to go. Touchdown. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to Striking Gold, your 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Network. This week's episode is sponsored by betonline.ag and Untuck It. My name is Rob Lauder. I cover the 49ers for NinersNation.com. Joining me tonight, as always, is my co-host, my partner in crime, former NFL defensive back, Eric Crocker. How you feeling, brother? Uh, I don't know. Conflicted. <laughs> uh, is that the I don't, I don't know of somebody that's still not over it? Yeah, it, it's been a it's been a it's been a journey. It's been a bit of a journey, and uh, it's finally working my way back into just listening to sports and and I, I listened to maybe 20 minutes of KBR outside of that uh yeah I haven't still haven't watched a lick of NFL Network ESPN anything pertaining to the Super Bowl I know there are a lot of people that um there are a lot of people that like I don't know there's some kind of like sound uh, I don't know something to that, that has to do with the Super Bowl like 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 a live like listening you know what I'm talking about yeah yeah, well, I, I think I know where you're going. Yeah, but we'll, keep, we'll, keep talking. About like I, I saw a clip of um, Kittle saying, "Like oh, I'm going to be back" or whatever. Right. Yeah, well, yeah, I, I couldn't even tell you what led up to that because I haven't watched anything. Like anything, I haven't watched the game back. I haven't watched any All Twenty Two. I haven't watched anything uh, pertaining to the Super Bowl or football in general. Well, outside of like college prospects. Well, essentially, 
And I do like that you're doing that, by the way, you know, making yourself useful during the downtime, you know, breaking down all the the, uh, the college stuff, which is cool because it's, it's just smart, you know, because at the very least, it gives you something to do and what's going to be a very boring couple of months filled with all sorts of ridiculous notions and hot takes. But the clip you're referring to is when, oh, and that reminds me, that little sniff I just had right there. Uh, I'm a bit under the weather. We started baseball practice again last week, and I have very bad uh, hereditary allergies that I've battled with all my life. So I am going to try and mute my mic every time <laughs> I have to sniff. Uh, but if I slip up, I apologize. I don't want anybody listening to this have to listen to me sniff. That's horrible. My voice already, especially when I get stuffed up, I take an even closer step towards Kermit the Frog. So I appreciate you dealing with me this evening but if i do sniff i apologize like i said i'm gonna try and be you, you coaching baseball yeah i coach i coach baseball during the spring okay nice so yeah once it, and it always there's like a transition period it's the same thing when i get back out there for football in the summer is that once i start to get back out on the grass again then you know i'll have like bad allergies for like a week or two and then it'll go away because my body gets used to it but so i'm still in that first week or two where i'm struggling but i'll be okay i'll get over it <laughs> yeah but so the clip you're referring to is it's at a point where the 49ers have already realized that they're pretty much that they're going to lose the Super Bowl. Um, and George Kittle's standing on the sideline and, and he's kind of talking to himself and, and he's either mic'd up or they have a mic near him. And he's essentially saying like, you know, I will be back here. I will be back here with a mother effing vengeance. And then he kind of pauses and he says, you will not get the best of me. No, sir. Which I thought was extremely impressive because, and you're a coach too, dude. To te- And not that Kittle's a young player, but for players to be resilient and show strength in a moment like that is a rare quality. For, for To me, for Kittle to already be thinking those things, you know, he hasn't even officially lost the Super Bowl yet. Now it's at the point where it's inevitable at that point in the game. But to me, it's impressive that those are already the thoughts going through his head. You know, it's so hard to teach kids. And, and, you know, obviously you and I both coach kids that are younger, but you work with some older ones too. That's one of the hardest things to teach kids is resiliency in, in like the toughest moments, not to get, you know, in too upset and not to get too down and not to, you know, fall to their lowest point instead kind of, you know, take whatever you can from that moment and rise above it and use it to fuel you going forward. And I thought it was pretty impressive to me that that's already kind of where Kittle's mindset was. Yes. He's probably, it's the initial stages of the grieving process, you know, and denial sort of thing. But at the same time, I, I thought I was personally impressed with the guy and the fact that, those are already the thoughts going through his mind. Do you have a you have a different take on that? Uh, no, I, I mean I like it. You 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 don't want your guys to have like a defeated attitude. It's just you know at the end of the day, you know it is what it is, and I'm going to do everything I can to get back. And I and I believe him. You know when he said it, I I, I believed him. So uh, right, and and it's a lot of th- and you obviously have a bunch of smart asses on Twitter. Twitter is the land of smart asses that'll say whatever. They're like, oh, he won't get back there. Or, you know, the odds of him getting back there are super slim. And of course they are. It's the Super Bowl. Only two teams out of 32 make it. But it, it, if you ever want to have a chance of making it that far, you have to think that way. You have to think, you know, that no, it's going to happen. This is what I'm going to do. 
And then if it doesn't happen, then it doesn't happen. But the first step to making it there is convincing yourself that's what's going to happen. So it was cool. It was it was a cool clip. The other clip that that I will bring up that was not nearly as positive and probably not one I should bring up if you're still going through the the grieving process, but it was right after the 49ers had picked off Patrick Mahomes in the fourth quarter, like 11 and a half minutes to go. And Richard, they go out, you know, they go do their pose thing where, you know, after the turnover and, and they come back to the sideline and Richard Sherman turns to everybody essentially celebrating and says, Hey, there's still a lot of, a lot of game left. Can you calm down? And, you know, that's just, it's hard to watch knowing what, what unfolds. Cause it, not everybody was, even Fred Warner chimed in. He's like, dude, there's still 11 and a half minutes left. Ain't, ain't nothing over. You know, and and there were a couple players. I I couldn't tell you who they were. I didn't watch it that many times, but essentially, a couple of the other players were like, "No, we're good," or "We're good." Oh man, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. And I don't know if they meant necessarily like, "No, no, we we're gonna win this" type of thing. But I think was, that's probably what they meant. Like, you know, we got this, man. Like, not in the sense of, you know, don't don't worry, but you know, we we we've been here before. Like, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, Fortnite has been the best team all year. So, you know, right. you get in a situation like that where you're up double digits and, you know, there's, you know, 10 minutes left or whatever, like that, those are games that the 49ers just closed out, right? So I, I kind of get it from their perspective of, hey, man, like, we we got this. This is what we've done all year. <laughs> it just, they didn't have it. <laughs> right, right. They, they didn't have it. Um, so that was a tough one to watch when it comes to clips. And I haven't, and I have... For different reasons, you know, I've just given myself a break from from football and forty, excuse me, from forty ers football and all that stuff. And well, for what reasons? Like, right. Well, would you say for what reasons? Yeah. Well, it's just I've been doing it all year. You know, mm-hmm. I've been pretty much going nonstop forty ers football since uh, I don't know. It's almost three hundred and sixty five days a year. Right. But, if you're if you're really talking about it, you know, probably you know since training camp, you know that's where kind of like my season starts when I go to Santa Clara for those two weeks, and then I, I essentially after that, you know, preseason starts, and then it's regular season, and then the 49ers season lasted all the way until February. So it was nice to just kind of take a step back. And obviously, those of you who don't know, I'm still technically writing for Niners Nation, but California introduced this new crazy law where. Uh, you're only like, uh, technically I was a kind of like a, uh, you know, not a free agent. What, what's the word I'm looking for here? Um, they, they hired, you know, that was paid per month to write a certain number of articles. Well, California in its infinite wisdom decided to introduce a bill that made it to where those types of writers could only write 32 times. It's like some arbitrary number, like 32, 35 times a year. So this is a guy that usually wrote four or five times a week, sometimes more, you know, depending on the week. And now I was, I'm only technically allowed to write two times a, you know, three times a month, which just makes no sense. And so it forced SB nation to completely redo their entire California uh, chapter of SB nation. So every California sports team that SB nation covered, they had to completely create, they created new like full-time positions for people that are going to have to cover multiple teams, not just any one specific team. And so it threw everything for a loop. So 
you know, with me, the season coming to a close also kind of brought on a weird time where I'm not really writing for the first time in, uh, I, don't, I don't know, five years. So I've, I mean, right. I've already, already talked to KP and, and he's going to, you know, I told him I'd stay on board, even if it, you know, it, like I said, they, while they're still figuring it out, there's a chance I might pick up a part-time position with them. But so, you know, with the 49ers losing the Super Bowl and all the, you know, stuff that went along with that. It also meant like, like I'm not even, I'm not even currently writing. So I don't expect that to last, but I'm enjoying the break while I got it, you know? So, um, but anyways, I digress. So let's, 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 let's move forward a little bit. What Eric Crocker and I are going to do today is we are going to, you know, we talked all about the Super Bowl last episode. So now we're going to start looking forward. Um, you know, what's, what's done is done and it's time to start moving forward towards, towards next season. We're about two months, two and a half months away from the draft. And, you know, we're about a month away from what is it? A month away from free agency. It's like mid-March, right? Right. You know, so, so we're going to start looking forward and what we're going to do is we're going to go through the entire 49ers roster. And we're not going to talk about every player at all. We're just going to go through each position, kind of where we feel that position is, who we feel like stood out from that position. Um, and we're also going to talk about anybody from that position that's soon, that's supposed to be a free agent, you know, our, our thoughts on them and, and kind of what the 49ers, if the 49ers need to uh, take any necessary steps to keep that player around. So that's kind of just what we're going to do today. And, and this is, you know, I wouldn't say from the hip, but it's, you know, we're, we're giving you our genuine thoughts on the roster right here. We haven't talked about it beforehand and discussed on what we discussed, you know, so, and what we're going to do, and this is, this is something new at blue wire. We um, blue wire recently took on a new sponsor that I mentioned earlier called BetOnline.ag, And one of the things we're doing for them is we have like a, a branded content section where we have a, con- a part of our podcast that for the foreseeable future, um, is going to be sponsored by betonline.ag. So what Eric Crocker and I are going to do today is we are going to create what's called the betonline.ag 49ers free agent MVP. Okay. And before we keep going, betonline.ag is like an online sports book expert. Okay. If you jump on there and you use the promo code BLUEWIRE, all one word, and you'll get a 50% welcome bonus. And I believe what that means is the amount of money you put into the site initially to bet, they'll give you 50% more, which is pretty significant. So what we're going to do is we're going to, Eric Crocker and I are going to pick two soon-to-be free agents, genuine unrestricted free agents, that we feel the 49ers must resign. And, you know, obviously we'll tell you why. And those will be our betonline.ag 49ers free agent MVPs, the ones we feel like they need to keep around. So Crocker, why don't you lead us off? If there is one unrestricted free agent about to hit the market that you would do everything in your power to keep around, who would that be? That would definitely be Eric Armstead. Um, I've seen a lot of people, you know, recently say, well, you know, he only did good like, you know, this, this year because he's in the contract year, but that can be further from the truth. Um, Eric Armstead has been good whenever he's on the field. Um, his sack numbers jumped up this year, but him as a player, like being good, being productive um, against the run, um, being able to put some pressure, you know, considering how big he is and he's not a true defensive end. He's more of a interior guy, but he, he's a solid pass pressure, um, but he's been stellar against the run. And this year, I think just with the emergence of, you know, Nick Bosa and D4, guys like that, it kind of helped condense the pocket a little bit and his sack numbers went up. Um, but he's been a really good football player. His biggest thing 
uh, that he had to overcome was his health. And the last two years, he's been extremely healthy. And the last two years, he's been extremely productive. So um, Eric Armstead, that's definitely somebody that I would love to 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 keep on board. Did, did you see the little... Uh, <laughs> no, don't talk about. It. I know what you're about to talk okay, about. I just okay. I just yeah. <laughs> we'll, go ahead. You we'll, we'll, we'll go. <laughs> okay, if you don't know what Eric Crocker start to talk about right now, and one, I'm I'm trying not to talk about it. <laughs> Grant's my Grant's my homeboy. I like Grant. You know, and you know, Ryan too. Have, I like Grant and Ryan. You know, they, okay, yeah. real quick before we kind of jump into what happened, <laughs> Grant and Ryan. The reason why I I. I respect those dudes, um, and like I'm, yeah, I write some stuff for you know Fourth and Nine um, with my guy Dylan, um, and you know Fourth and Nine podcast, and I have been you know in the media room and stuff like that. But um, really, more than anything, I'm just a football guy. So um, with those guys, like this isn't like a media brotherhood type thing or whatever. Like I, I just, you know, I respect what they do and they're very opinionated, get their opinions. And it's hard. It's hard to give your opinions on stuff because a lot of times you're going to be wrong. Sometimes you're going to be right. Um, and then, you know, once it hits the internet, it's always there. Right. Um, well, the 49ers players, they're, they're human too. And they see what everybody says about them. And I think that's one thing that kind of fans think. They can say whatever to athletes and like, oh, he, you know, the athlete's probably not going to see it. No, they, they see it. The athletes, uh, I know I've uh, talked about this like previously on here, but they're just like you and I. Um, they check their phones like anybody else. They check their mentions like anybody else. So they, they see search their name on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. And I, I don't do that, but my brother used to though. My brother used to search my name on Twitter when I was in the league. So um, they see what you say about them. And Eric Armstead, <laughs> he sees what Grant and uh, Ryan uh, Sakamoto, what, what what they say about him. So I'm going to leave it at that. You can go further if you want, but um, <laughs> Armstead definitely addressed it <laughs> on Twitter. Nope, Again, I'm not going to go any further. I'm just going to tell did, you that. But this is the second time it's happened, and I think that's what probably what makes it like um, for Armstead even probably maybe more irritating, I guess, because – this is not the first time he's had like a little tift or whatever with Ryan Sakamoto. So, right. So if you want to update yourself or, you know, become in the know, then just check Armstead's Eric Armstead's Twitter. It's, it's just on there. I'm not going to, I'm not going to talk on it too much. Uh, it's funny in its own way, but you know, the funny part to me is, you know, Grant's a guy that's, Ryan, not so much anymore because he works at the Fort. I think I believe he still works at the 49ers gym. He kind of he kind of swapped out his press credentials for working at the 49ers gym, uh, which is cool. Um, but Grant's still around the team on a daily basis. So I, I just picture Grant, who is about my height, about 40 pounds less than me, uh, walking up to Eric Armstead, who's six seven, 300 pounds. Um, to ask him a question after all, not that he should feel threatened. I'm just saying it's a weird interaction after such public drama. Like, you know, I, I could see there being some weird smiles or awkward moments, or I don't know, maybe even a refusal. I don't know, you know, to answer questions or something, but it's funny. Just check out Eric Armstead's Twitter. It's, it's, it's all kinds of drama. It's silly. So, all right. So anyways, moving forward, uh, my, betonline.ag 49ers free agent MVP and there will be some more when we talk about this later but I'm gonna have to go with Emmanuel Sanders 
Um, and there are, there's definitely some, some competition for that, you know, at least my pick, I look at the list of free agents and we'll talk about those, but Manuel Sanders just stepped in and immediately inserted himself into the offense and became a, a favorite target for Jimmy G. And he has the personality and to mesh with the locker room. He couldn't say enough about the 49ers locker room and how he enjoyed being there. Now, of course, you know, is he going to say anything else? No, of, of course not. But um, I just feel like he's been a very impressive addition, somebody who's kind of just stepped right in and assumed that kind of leadership role of a of a receiving group that was pretty young, you know, and, and, and inexperienced. And Emmanuel Sanders, kind of, you know, a right-hand man, I guess you could say, or, or the, the, you know, threat number two along with Sanders was Debo Samuel, and Debo Samuel's a rookie. So having a guy opposite him, like, would do wonders for, for a guy's career like that. It really, you know, can set you off on the right foot. And Emmanuel Sanders played 10 games with the 49ers, I'm assuming playoffs are included in these stats, but in just those 10 games, he already had 36 catches for 502 yards and three touchdowns. So, you know, you're talking about a guy that, you know, it, it, depending on the circumstances could be eight, 900 yard receiving guy, you know, 60, 70 catches, eight, 900 yards, six, seven touchdowns. And, and that's, that's going just complete. That's just off the, you know, the stat sheet that doesn't include, you know, the, the presence somebody like that brings. And, you know, the 49ers also gave up a third round pick for him. They did give up a fourth round pick as well, but it, they got a, you know, they gave up a late fourth round pick and got an early fifth. So that was essentially like a swap moving back in that round to the early next round. So they essentially gave up for the most part, a a third round pick for him. And to me, if you're going to give up that amount of assets now, that looks like a even to see how far the 49ers went, got all the way to the Super Bowl. You know that was a smart move. Even if they don't end up keeping Emmanuel Sanders, I feel like paying that third round pick to have that guy in, and to go that deep in the playoffs uh, was a smart move, no matter what. But the truth remains that they did give up that third round pick for him, and I feel like they should they should keep him around. And I feel like he has a lot to offer the team from a productivity standpoint and from a leadership standpoint, and and helping bring up the younger guys in that group. You know, even somebody like Trent Taylor, if he sticks around, Jalen Hurd, Debo Samuel, all of these young, you know, even Kendrick Bourne, who's who's still young. Uh, you know, he's only a few years in. Um, all of those guys, to me, are could benefit from somebody like Sanders. So he's my, um, he's my bet online, uh, 49ers free agent MVP. So, you know, the, that, that's kind of our, our conclusion of our, our bet online little segment there. Again, they're dot bet online dot AG is sponsoring the blue wire podcast. They're sponsoring strike and gold. And every week we'll kind of have a branded segment that's revolves around them. Um, so this week we had our bet online dot AG 49ers free agent, MVPs. And just remember, if you're jumping on there, use that promo code BLUEWIRE, all one word for your 50% welcome bonus at betonline.ag. So, you know, we have Eric Armstead and Emmanuel Sanders, both of which, you know, and I obviously agree with your pick. I, When it comes to Armstead, I felt like even like halfway through the season when it become became became really clear that the 49ers defensive line was like firing on all cylinders. Um, they're really going to have to bend some brackets to keep guys like Eric Armstead, DeForest Buckner is due for an extension. So is George Kittle. I'm assuming they're going to try and do all three. 
uh, this off season, which is crazy. Right. They only have about 13 million in salary cap right now, but there, there's some people that can, some contracts. It's gotta be more than that. It, that's what over the cap has them at right now. I don't know if that includes Quan Alexander's, you know, they know they, they reworked his contract and conservatives converted some money to salary cap, um, you know, through bonus. I, I could have sworn like throughout the year it was like 19 million. And then I thought it was right around 22. Uh, but yeah. like I said, I, I don't know what they changed right now. Richburg, I think they have it at 13. Right. Didn't Richburg uh, redo yeah, his? Yeah, he worked, he worked, he reworked his too. And, and then, Quan and I think somebody else too, right? Um, I'm not sure. Maybe I'm missing somebody. But um, at the risk of losing my my spot here, let me see. No, this is 49ers free agency. Um, here we go. Cap space. Okay. So right now they have the 49ers at 13.1 million. So I, you know, like I thought I checked that at one point, and it was at, and it was closer to 20. But I don't know what's changed. But you know what? When you say that, they traded for Emmanuel Sanders. True. You know, and that's a that's a contract that got thrown in there. And I hadn't even really thought about that until right now. So um, that's where they are now. They're going to make some room with that. They've got some players that they, you know, like the Jarek McKinnons of the world that are either going to be released outright or restructured, you know, because there's it's just it's tough to pay a guy what they were going to pay McKinnon this coming season when he hasn't even played it down for them yet. and He's been trying to recover from an injury. So there's going to be all kinds of stuff like that. But all right. So let's get started with the roster. And, and like I said, we'll just we're just going to go through the roster, talk about who's on that position or who's at that position right now. Give our initial thoughts and, you know, move on. So we'll start where everybody starts. And that's a quarterback. So I don't know. There's there's nothing to be said here. You have Garoppolo, Bethard, and Mullins. Garoppolo's the obvious starter, and maybe this is the this is the year where, you know, uh, Kyle Shanahan chooses between one Bethard or Mullins and doesn't keep both. Uh, I believe Nick Mullins, and I'm pu- still pulling up my free agency tab here. Um, You'd assume that there's nothing to talk about, but right, Twitter says otherwise. Right, right. There's always there's always something to talk about. Now, Nick Mullins is slated to be a restricted, he's an exclusive rights free agent. So essentially what that means is the 49ers can retain him at, from what I just read, uh, they can retain him at a league minimum contract based on how many years he's been in the league and he cannot negotiate with other teams. So Nick Mullins isn't going anywhere. Um you know, and, and they're not going to allow him to go anywhere without, unless another team is, is banging at the door. So Nick Mullins is sticking around and, and we'll see how, it, you know, maybe the 49ers are still perfectly comfortable with keeping three quarterbacks. They were all this season, so that couldn't change. And, and obviously I don't have anything to say, anything different to say about Jimmy Garoppolo. Of course, he struggled in that fourth quarter when the 49ers tried to kind of put it on him, but you had a whole season to watch what he can do. And I, my opinion on him hasn't changed even, even if he struggled there. So, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do with another year in Kyle Shanahan's system. I think this is, this is with his torn ACL and, and the limited work with Kyle Shanahan beforehand. I think this is kind of going to be his second year essentially as your, as your starting quarterback and his tech second full year in the system. And I think we'll probably see a pretty significant step forward. Uh, this year. And if you don't, the 49ers signed him to a contract where they're in no way locked into him going forward. But, but I'm, I think this is a pretty, 
pretty exciting year for Jimmy Garoppolo. I think he'll, he'll probably make some pretty significant strides in, in Kyle Shanahan's team. You got anything for the quarterbacks there, Croc? Mm, no, no, I just, mm-mm. I think they're fine. Right. Good, good position. Uh, nice starting quarterback and solid backup. That's it. So I'll let you, I'll let you take running backs then. So we have, we have Matt Breida, Tevin Coleman, Raheem Mostert, and Jeff Wilson Jr. Now, also, you also have Jarek McKinnon, who's on IR still. Um, but what's what's your take on that spot, man? What what intrigues you going on in there? It's interesting because um, all year I've kind of felt like the 49ers didn't have that guy. I just put out a tweet earlier saying, you know, if you have two quarterbacks, you don't have one. And I kind of felt like that with the running back position where you have three or four guys, but you really do you have that one guy you can lean on? And it looked like um, Mostert kind of took over that role as the lead back and the guy that they could possibly lean on. Now, I, I still have some issues with Mostert. I think he runs in the system extremely well. Um, could he run in a different system as well? I, I, I don't know that. I don't think so. And I think that's kind of what makes it this whole situation so unique with him. But one thing I've noticed about him is he's he's really good if it's there. If it's not there, he's not – he's really average. And um, I've kind of wanted somebody – I've always wanted somebody that when it's, when it's not there, can they make make something be there, if that makes sense. Um, I kind of posted something earlier about uh, Jerry Judy and how Jerry Judy, he'll catch a five-yard pass and – you know, there'll be three guys all around him and somehow he picks up 15 more yards. And it's like, man, how do you do that? You know, that's like a special, talented guy. And I don't think a 49ers have a running back that's like that where, dang, it's all bottled up and that guy still gets five yards. Um, more times than not with the backs that the 49ers have, if it's bottled up, they get tackled at the line of scrimmage. And uh, that that's the one thing where it's kind of, it's tough because you see most of it have a career day against the Packers. Um, and he ran well throughout the year, but when he's not there, what does he do? And I would like to have somebody back there where it doesn't have to be there and they still make something out of nothing. We saw a lot with uh, Frank Gore. He was Frank Gore is great at that. Um, and even throughout his career, you know, there's a lot of people that tell you, well, would he be a first round ballot? I mean, first ballot Hall of Famer? I, I, I don't know. And the reason for that is, you know, he was never maybe the best back in the league ever, right? Um, but he was really good. He was extremely consistent and really good for the 49ers. And um, I would like to have a back like that that makes something out of nothing. And I don't think we have one on our roster. But I do like what Mostert brings. And if they stick with the backs and they bring back uh, Brady, who I believe is a, a restricted free agent, I think that is a solid backfield. Uh, talented with a lot of speed. Just I just don't think there's that one guy that makes something out of nothing. So. Right. And, and Matt Breida is a restricted free agent, um, which – and I, I could have this up in front of me, but I believe I can kind of talk you through it. Essentially, restricted free agents have multiple tiers. You can apply a first-round tender, where I be, and I believe the first-round tender for this year is about $4.5 million, somewhere in the $4 millions, I believe. Um, and what that means is, is that's what you're going to pay that player that year. And if another team uh, makes an offer for that player, they, they don't offer him a contract in the normal sense, they offer them an offer sheet and essentially the 49ers would have a chance to look at that offer sheet and say, and they could either match that or they can refuse to match that. 
And that team now would be awarded someone like Matt Breida with the under that offer sheet. But the, that team would also have to give the 49ers whatever tender they applied to Matt Breida. So let's say the 49ers applied a first round tender to Matt Breida. Would they do that? No. Um, but just for the sake of an example, the 49ers would get that team's first round pick. So, you know, and there's also a second round tender that costs slightly less. I believe that's in the 3 million range. And if a team wanted to extend Matt Breida an offer sheet, uh, the 49ers would have a chance. If they chose not to, that team would be awarded Breida and the 49ers would be awarded that team's second round pick. Um, you can also do, I don't believe there's a third round tender. There may be. Um, but there's also an original round tender, which means whatever that player's original round, what they were selected in, and that the, the tender moves down in price cost for that year to the team. And then if a team wants to go through all the offer sheet stuff, then they would give up the pick that that player was originally selected in. Now, since Matt Breida is an undrafted free agent, if the 49ers, basically, they get a chance to match any contract. And if they don't, if, you know, the 49ers would have to sign Breida to an original round tender, and that would be his salary going forward. Another team could make Breida an offer. If the 49ers refuse to match that, then the team gets Matt Breida. And I believe this is at no, no additional cost. The 49ers would get nothing because, <clears throat> excuse me, Breida is an undrafted free agent. So there was no pick there involved. So I believe that's how that would work. And Brita is, is a restricted, restricted free agent. So the 49ers are going to have to just determine how valuable he is. You know, you could, I'm assuming they could release him and let him hit free agency, or they would have to determine what tender they want to put on him. And if he's, you know, whether he's worth a second round tender, I, like I said, I don't remember if there's a third round tender, uh, but then there's original round tenders, which just means you're keeping him at whatever his current salary will be. Uh, but another team has to sign him to an offer sheet. So I believe that's how all that works. If I'm wrong, I will not be stubborn about it. But so the 49ers are going to have to decide how valuable Matt Breida is. And at the beginning of the season, I would have said Matt Breida is clear cut. The 49ers number one back. This is their guy. They, they'll keep him no matter what. Towards the end of the season, not so much. Matt Breida was essentially their least used running back. And even Jeff Wilson Jr. Go, it had more action than Breida in the Super Bowl. So. Never would have thought that would happen. That's crazy. No, no that was surprised. And Breida had a few, I think it was a few, at the very least a couple, bad fumbles late in games. You know, I, I can't remember when his latest fumble was. It might have even been in the playoffs. The Vikings game, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say against the Vikings. And and at that point, when he fumbled, the game was sort of, on, you know, put away, if I remember correctly. And but it's still like, dude, you're fumbling in the playoffs. Like, and Matt Breida had other fumbles earlier in the season. You know, one of them was kind of unlucky, where he was kind of like propped up on top of a guy and could not fall down, no matter what he could do, or, or hit the ground, and a, and the guys just coming up and ripping at it. But I mean. He had some fumbling issues, and I don't know if there was anything else going on in the background, but he was very clearly in Kyle Shanahan's doghouse and basically became a non-factor through the latter half of the season as as uh, Raheem Mostert really took over, and then Tevin Coleman came back, and, and he started having good games, so made Breida pretty much a non-factor. So <clears throat> it'll be interesting to see what the 49ers do with him, and obviously he's proven that 
he can really be a, a really impressive running back, but you know, obviously none of that really matters if you can't, can't hold on to the ball. So, um, moving on. Um, uh, and this is probably another one I'll let you talk on a crock cause you know, I just feel like you've always got good things to talk about with when it comes to wide receivers. We don't need to talk about fullbacks cause Kyle, you sticking around. There's nothing to talk about there. He's freaking awesome. Um, really not even tight ends either. Right. I mean, you got Kittle. I think Dwelly's going to be around. Uh, well, still look retired, but yeah, let's yeah we can go to receivers. Right. So yeah, I mean, what you brought it up. So yeah, Kittle staying around. I'm assuming they're going to sign him to an extension this year. That'll make him, you know, uh, among the highest pass catchers in the league. I think they're going to greatly exceed what Kelsey got for his contract. I should that I have that up in front of me. Um, I think he's going to be far and away the highest paid tight end and among the highest paid pass catchers. And and I don't think the 49ers are going to have any issue giving him that money whatsoever. Uh, he's just in every way, shape or form represents everything you could ever want from a football player. So especially and a tight end. So you have Ross Dwelly, you have Daniel Helm and you have Levine Toilolo. That are that are all still on the roster. Um, Levine Toilolo is is going to hit free agency. Garrett Selleck retired, um, so he's not really a part of it. Um, Levine Toilolo is somebody that they could choose to keep around. He's a very good blocking tight end, um, but he, they're not. He's not somebody they need to worry about. You know, like if they want to bring him back, they'll bring him back. There's not going to be a huge market for him. So. Uh, Ross Dwelly is another one who, who came on pretty strong and obviously he filled in pretty well in, in place of George Kittle. So I'm assuming he's a guy they're going to continue to invest in. So wide receivers. Okay. I'll list them out here. You have Kendrick Bourne, uh, Richie James, uh, Jordan Matthews, Dante Pettis, Debo Samuel, and Emmanuel Sanders. And on injured reserve, you have, you know, Jalen Hurd and Trent Taylor. Uh, and, and really the only, you know, Jordan Matthews, it, it, the, the, you know, go ahead, dude, talk, talk, talk about receivers. Let me know what you think. <laughs> yeah. Um, very interesting. Uh, the, the, the kind of, there, there's a lot of question marks. Um, I think, you know, all things going how you want, it's a talented group, um, with a lot to build off of, but the, there was news that came out from, I believe it was Matt Miyoko saying, um, he doesn't know if if Jalen Hurd is gonna play football again. Um, you know, because I you know, I guess his back is, you know, that hurt. And and then you go to Trent Taylor and you know, he had five surgeries on his foot. How is he gonna return? You know, I always tell people, man, that, that was the best receiver throughout camp, but you know, he has that foot injury and all those surgeries, something was going right. What's he gonna be when he comes back or is he gonna come back? Or, you know, sometimes when you Guys have setbacks like that. Uh, you never know, you know, how they are when they return. I mean, we even saw that with, with McKinnon, right? So, um, so yeah, Trent Taylor. And then, obviously, Dante Pettis, another question mark, because is he good? Like, what, what Dante Pettis are we going to get? Are we going to get the one we got at the end of 2018 or the one that we got all of 2019, which was a below, below average? And, I mean, there were times where he didn't even dress. Uh, so that's another huge question mark. Um, and then you have a couple of free agents with, you know, Emmanuel Sanders, who you spoke about earlier, and uh, Kendrick Bourne, who's actually a restricted free agent. Um, but th- th- that that's just, that's five guys I named off that are just question marks. Um, so it, Did you it's, talk about Marquise Goodwin? Oh, then Marquise Goodwin. I always forget that right. he's even on the team. You right. know? 
That's uh, I mean that's kind of an indication of where the team is likely headed with Marquise Goodwin. But at the same right. time, he's, it's still worth mentioning. I, I think they definitely uh, decided to filter out some guys, and you can kind of see where they're headed. I, I think with Pettis, they are going to give him another opportunity. So there's a lot of people that think he, you know, he get traded, or I, I think. I think if he gets traded, it'd be more of a um, the end of training camp or end of preseason type trade, kind of like how the 49ers acquired uh, Lake and Thomason. Uh, but, yeah, I, I'm interested to see how they address this whole thing. I, I hope they bring Kendrick Bourne back. I think he's a very reliable wide receiver four option. Um, and I, I think he's kind of worked his way up on to kind of stay in that role. Um, I think a lot of people want the 49ers to have like a ton of receiver options, but they run more 21 personnel than anyone in the league. So it's not so much a lot of guys that are needed. You just need a couple of these young guys to kind of step up. So ideally you would like to have, and I didn't even mention Richie James Jr., but um, ideally you would like to have Debo Samuel as your one, obviously. Um, and you would like to have Emmanuel Sanders back as a bridge guy, kind of bridge the gap. Oh, you know, or hold hold off, um, make it so you don't have to rush other guys that are developing, whether it's uh, Jalen Hurd or Dante Pettis. It gives them time to kind of grow into a role and maybe, you know, kind of like what we saw with Debo Samuel, right? Like throughout the year, you, you saw him just getting better and better and better. Well, Emmanuel Sanders makes it to where, you know, maybe some of these other guys that need to kind of catch up to Debo Samuel, um, it gives them time. And there's no rush, right? Because you still have that reliable veteran. Even though he's not what he used to be, um, he still is really good. But he's not like that super burner that he was earlier in his career. Uh, he gives the 49ers time to kind of figure out what they're going to do behind him. And ideally, you would like Dante Pettis to step up, man. Because I think Dante Pettis was drafted to be, uh, you know, an Emmanuel Sanders type. And I think he has some of that ability. He just has to get over whatever he's going through. So there, there, there's talent on it. There's just so many question marks. And I know people want to draft a receiver. Um, I would love to see 49ers draft a receiver, especially one that I probably like, but I just don't see that happening unless they don't bring back Emmanuel Sanders, um, which I, I just don't see that happening. Um, not happening, excuse me. I, I think they're going to bring him back. Um, Taylor <laughs> just doesn't come back. Her doesn't come back. Born doesn't come back, like then you'll see a huge uh you'll see them really try to address the position. But um yeah, it's very interesting with this receiver group because it can be really good or it can be like, damn, where's everybody at? Right. And I and I th- and I I'm agree with you on all that. It was I think that I think they'll they'll apply I could see the 49ers doing like a second round tender on, on Kendrick Bourne, you know, and, and paying him like three million dollars. Uh, you know, for that one, if it, I could even see them trying to sign him to, you know, like a, a decent paying three-year deal. I've just, you know, they've got a lot of, of work to do with the salary cap stuff. So I could definitely see them putting like a second round tender on Kendrick Bourne, one that costs them, you know, $3 million. And if another team wants to come get him, they've got to sign him to a big contract and they've got to give up that second round pick. So <laughs> sorry, I'm like on the verge of sneezing right now. And I'm like trying to, I'm like all squinting and stuff, try to like suppress a sneeze. but. um yeah, I do think they make a serious effort to bring back Sanders. Uh, like I said, he just there's just there's just no reason not to. Uh, he he presents a lot of 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 reason to bring him back. He's still very good. He's a veteran. Uh, he's got the right mindset, and I think he's just a good influence for that group. Um, 
And I don't think that they're going to keep Marquise Goodwin. Unfortunately, I think that time has passed. Uh, I'm with you on Pettis. I think they're going to give him a chance to kind of reinsert himself into a lineup and make some sort of run at a, at a, at a, at a you know, playing a role in this offense. It's just, I'm, I'm just so, it's just so confusing to me. I'm not, in, in, I'm not sure what to expect from him at all because I've seen it all. I've seen flashes of brilliance and I've seen flashes of, of not even roster worthy. So it's, it's, it's here, neither here nor there. And then the last position that we haven't touched on yet is the, is the offensive line, which um, for the most part, the 49ers are benefiting from the fact that, that Joe Staley, Mike McGlinchey, Lincoln Tomlinson, uh, Mike person, and, and, you know, uh, Weston Richburg, he, as so long as he recovers well from his injury, um, they're all slated to come back again. So, you know, and, and that's not to say that unit can't approve and that's not to say they can't upgrade on them, but continuity is, is its own beast in and of itself. And, you know, having all those guys back again, it only make the group stronger. And, and like I said, that doesn't mean that they couldn't use their first round pick on an offensive lineman that they felt was really good that fell to them or something and, and upgrade somewhere, but it's a decent group to have going forward. Um, and the only really free agents that they need to worry about are, um, you know, you have Daniel Brunskill, who's an, an exclusive rights free agent. They're not, you know, that's not something to worry about. They'll be able to keep him going forward. Um, ben Garland is somebody they brought in as, an, as a free agent for one year that played really, really well going down the stretch, replacing Weston Risper. I think that's somebody that they're going to really, really want to have back. But they, given how well he played down the stretch and for a Super Bowl team, the 49ers might have some competition to keep him. Um, another team might just straight up want to sign him as their starting center. And if that's the case, they're going to offer him good money that the 49ers aren't going to be willing to pay him. So that could get interesting. Um, but yeah, you have Sean Coleman also, uh, of the Browns, uh, who's slated for free agency. I'm not necessarily, uh, who they traded for from the Browns. I'm not, I don't think they're going to make really any effort to keep him around. They could, um, but given his injury, they might, uh, you know, be able to get him on some type of team friendly deal. So. We'll see. Okay, so before we carry on to the defense, um, we need to get a qu- another quick word in for our sponsors. And this time, we're talking Untuck It because I know all you guys out there have seen an untucked button-down shirt that just looked bad. Looks sloppy. And that's because they weren't meant to be worn that way. Thankfully, there's Untuck It, the original button-down shirt actually designed to be worn untucked. No matter your size or your shape, untucked shirts are always falling at the perfect untucked length. You know how good, you know, if you if you look good, you feel good. So you know how it is to be wearing a shirt that was made for you, fits right, looks good. You walk out that door just feeling great. Uh, and, and I'm the same way. I got to have shirts that fit. And untucked shirts fit great. Tall, short, slim, athletic. It's for, for guys of all ages. So... You're going to give a choice between all kinds of different styles. Wrinkle-free button-downs, super soft flannels, outerwear. With Untuck It, your shirts will never look baggy, bulgy, too long, or too big, again. And their website's super easy to use. They even have a whole page devoted to helping you find your fit. So whether you're shopping for the perfect gift or just trying to craft a smart, relaxed style of your own, Untuck It's the way to go. Visit UntuckIt.com and use Blue, B-L-U-E, for 20% off. Okay, it's a solid discount. That's U-N-T-U-C-K-I-T dot com and promo code BLUE for 20% off. So, <laughs> moving on. 
Okay, we're on the forty on to the 49ers defense now. And of course, in, in typical Robin Crocker fashion, we've already gone past the 45 minute mark. We're rolling. Okay. We're rolling. All right. So the first kind of the, the group that I, I would first touch on is the defensive line. And it's a I mean, what what else can you say? Earl Mitchell's kind of the first name on here. He's not going to be sticking around. He've already said he he came back, you know, the team re-signed him. Um, to 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 play in that nose tackle role as they made their way through the playoffs, and and he's already said that he's probably gonna he's gonna head out and ride off into the sunset and and end his career, with, you know, competing for a Super Bowl, which is cool for him. But behind him, you have a lot, a lot of young guys that play a huge role. You have Eric Armstead, Nick Bosa, and DeForest Buckner. Those are to me, those are like your your three right there. Like that's why you know I, I agree with you so much about keeping Eric Armstead. Eric Armstead, Nick Bosa, DeForest Buckner, those guys right there should like they're your three horsemen moving forward. But then you also have D Ford, who who they signed to a long term deal. Uh, they're paying him a lot of money, uh, but you know he's their he's their speedster off the edge. So you know if if you're going to mention those three and Armstead, Bosa, and, uh, Armstead, Bosa, and Buckner, then Ford's also in that group. Behind them is Solomon Thomas, Anthony Zettel. Um, you know, I'm sure a lot of those guys are, are probably headed for free agency. Um, an interesting name, you know, you have the 49ers have a lot of of depth at that defensive line headed for free agency. You know, you, obviously you have Armstead. But you also have Ronald Blair, who tore his ACL during the season. Um We'll see where things go there. Like I said, the 49ers are going to have a, aren't going to have a lot of room to play with. You also have Sheldon Day, who've, who's played a significant role, uh, you know, along the interior of that defensive line. And these are all undrafted, for, or excuse me, unrestricted free agents. They're just they're going to hit the open market if, unless the 49ers can keep them around. Um, so, and and given their, you know, the the fact that they're depth guys, rotational starters, they can't just, you know offer them I mean I guess they could offer them one year deals but I guarantee you there's going to be a lot of more interest in that um so there's you know and there's there's also guys like Kevin Given Givens guys who you know in, could be interesting depth pieces guys that could get a bigger role this year if guys like that are checking out um the, an interesting name is Solomon Thomas you know who's making quite a bit of money cuz he was a number 3 overall pick he doesn't play a significant role at all um he you know he's had a couple flashes throughout the season uh, but he just hasn't really developed into the player the 49ers hoped he would be when they took took him over number three overall. So it's interesting to to see what they do. I, I I couldn't see the 49ers being willing to necessarily part ways with him just because of Solomon Thomas's history and what he's gone through to get to this point. Um, if you don't know, do a little bit of googling. He's he's gone through some some personal tragedies that would would be tough to overcome for anybody. Um, but when it comes to being pushed up against that salary cap, more surprising things have happened. Uh, he could be somebody that they look, explore into the trade market with. Uh, and it, it seems like that would be – they're obviously not going to get anywhere near what they put into him. But it seems like a pretty easy selling point for a team that's looking for some defensive line playmakers. You know, Solomon Thomas kind of playing out of position for a lot of his time with the 49ers. And, and maybe he get, he plays better with, for another another team in another spot you know, better fit type of deal. I don't know, man. You got any thoughts on this D-line, bro? Uh, not really. I mean, I think Ronald Blair, that's the one where, you know, even though he's coming off a torn ACL, I would try to find a way to keep him. Yeah, oh, yeah. Because he was he was playing really well this season. Yeah, he's playing good. And even more so than a guy like Solomon Thomas, where to me it's, it's just not good. And I don't know how you just chalk up that loss. Maybe you trade him. 
I mean, if the 49ers cut him to create space, I wouldn't be mad because, I mean, even when he played, like, you know, he played in the Super Bowl and it's like, God damn, like Solomon Thomas is in it. You can just see that, like, there's there's no nothing. You, you don't, you're not really getting much from him. Not anything that you can't get from somebody that's not making what, I think, what, $9 million? Um, yep. I mean, you, I feel like him and Zito, like Zito or whatever his name is, like, if you, took the names off their jerseys and their numbers and you don't know who's who you, you wouldn't even know who was the third overall pick or who's about to be making $9 million. So um, yeah, that that's, I, I don't, you know, obviously you don't want to let go of somebody like that, especially since, you know, with all this stuff that he's gone through, but he's not, he, he does, he's not really helping the team. So he right. you, he'd help the team more by getting cut and freeing up money, so that's just kind of where I'm at with Solomon Thomas. Right, and, and this is not you know it's it's always unfortunate to have to say kind of this stuff about you know because like Crocker talked about just a little little bit earlier, there's a very human side to all this, and and Solomon Thomas has gone through a lot, but it's at the same time it's a business where people's jobs are decided by winning or losing and performing and not performing, and you know if 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 the team decides to part ways for with Thomas I, I don't think it'll be an easy decision but at the same time to me the writing's on the wall you have guys like DeForest Buckner Eric Armstead Nick Bosa uh, Buckner and Armstead were selected later in the draft it's still first rounders but they were selected later than Solomon Thomas and are having far and away a much more prominent impact than Solomon Thomas is and obviously Nick Bosa is, you know, he was a number two overall pick. Solomon Thomas was a number three overall pick that could have been a number two overall pick because they traded back with the Bears. And uh, that's the type of impact you should expect from, you know, top 10, top 15 picks. Um, and he's just not doing that. So it, it'll be interesting to see what they do with him. You know, trades, tr- I think trade is going to be something that they explore the most. Um, but, you know, it, when, you, when you're pushed up against the, the salary cap, it, you know, it could be, could be that time, but I, I really don't know, and I don't necessarily want to speculate on it too much. But um, so we have the, you know, moving on from the defensive line, we have the 49ers linebacker core. We have Al, uh, Aziz Alshayer, Quan Alexander, Dre Greenlaw, Elijah Lee, Mark Inzacha, uh, Fred Warner. Uh, you know, obviously you have your, your pronounced starters, but uh, and what is, is there anything popping out to you about that linebacker group other than the fact that, you know, I'm, I'm pretty sure none of those guys looking at the list are really. You know, Elijah Lee, maybe, but none of those guys are really slated for free agency, which which should be pretty encouraging. What do you think, man? Yeah, no, I, I like it. A nice young group. Um, Drake Greenlaw with, the, you know, the what he did. I mean, I think I said on the last pod, but there were times in the Super Bowl where I was like, man, get Quan Alexander off of the field and just keep Drake Greenlaw in there. So um, Quan missed a lot of tackles in the Super Bowl. Yeah, key ones. I mean, it's like, dude, how, how many times are you going to let uh, Williams? And I know open field tackles are tough, but when you're paid like that, you got to be a guy. And it's the Super Bowl. You can't let a guy beat you and then just run 10 more yards and pick up a first down several times in the game. So, I mean, but, yeah, even outside of that, I, I like the young group of linebackers that the 49ers have. I do think <clears> – <throat> excuse me. I do think that Quan Alexander um, definitely will return back to more of what we saw at the beginning of the year, um, you know, before his injury. And, um, you know, with Greenlaw and, um, yeah, the other guys you named with, you know, Al Shire and even Elijah Lee, I think there's really good depth, man. It's a, it's a strong linebacker group. 
Right. Yeah. And, and there's, you know, that's a, that's a good thing that bodes well for the 49ers and the fact that you've got Trey Greenlaw, Fred Warner, and Quan Alexander that are all going to be back together again. All of them have shown great things. And, you know, it's just another year for that group to gel together. Now, here's one that, you know, I know you're going to be able to talk about for a while is, you know, and that's our cornerbacks. You got, you know, Dante Johnson, Emmanuel Mosley, DJ Reed, Richard Sherman, Jimmy Ward, uh, and Jimmy Ward's one we got to talk about. They have him on here as a cornerback, but obviously he's he's more of a, a free safety. Uh, Kwan Williams and Akella Witherspoon, and, and of that group, um, you know, of the names I just said, we'll save Jimmy Ward for for next group because he'll be with the safeties. But yeah, Dante Johnson, which there's not much to be said there, but uh, Emmanuel Mosley is an exclusive rights free agent. So like we've said, going throughout this thing, uh, he's not going anywhere. So. Um, I mean, what do you think, man? Is this just going to continue being the, the Richard Sherman, uh, Emmanuel Mosley, and K1 Williams show going forward? You have Richard Sherman. Um, you expect him to, or, you know, they'll probably allow him, allow him at the least to finish out his contract. You expect him to, you know, be a starter. So if on the other side, I think a lot of people like Mosley and they expect him to be, uh, you know, retained. And if you have Mosley, you expect him to be the starter. So I know a lot of people want to draft a cornerback high, but I don't know if right now is the time. Um, I think with, you know, Witherspoon behind Mosley, you have somebody at the very minimum. I mean, he's, he started in the league. He's played, um, he, he has played very well um, at times. So, are you in a rush to draft somebody high who would possibly have to play over Mosley and Witherspoon? I don't think you're at that point yet. So I can't really see the 49ers addressing cornerback like, you know, at a with a high pick. Um, or even, you know, with in free agency with somebody that's expected to kind of start over, you know, like you know, like a big money free agent. Uh, I can't see that either. So they're in a weird position right now with the cornerback spot and I think they kind of just let it play out and you know the following year if you don't keep uh Witherspoon who would end up being a free agent and if you let Richard Sherman walk then I think that'd be a huge void and the 49ers would do whatever they have to do to fix the position at that point but I I don't see them really doing too much to it right now yeah if Emmanuel Mosley keeps playing the way he is he seems like the guy that they could they could try to keep around kind of like to to let keep keep one of those sides solid and and so far I wouldn't say he's he he hasn't been you know he's been solid he's been a good cornerback he's 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 been a starter and 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 he hasn't been victimized in any way and and obviously he got a lot of flack for that for that 44 yard gain but we talked about that that was you know you can you can put it on Mosley but at the same time you can't it was just a great play call and like I said we talked about that but and you've talked a lot about it on Twitter um, but this could be a, a point to your point is you know maybe if Richard Sherman does walk um I could see him exploring staying with the team for another year or two, you know, kind of like extending his contract type, type of deal by a year just to try and, you know, he's, he's obviously, he's already on year nine. He's, he's towards the end of his career. And I, it would seem like, I, I don't know, I couldn't necessarily see him wanting to go to another new team and, and do that all over again. Uh, I don't know. I could see him sticking around, but like you were saying, this could be a thing where, where Akella Witherspoon leaves, Richard Sherman leaves and the 49ers, are you know heavy favorites to draft a cornerback with the first round pick, and it's a guy that they just start there, right? You know, and and let him take his lumps as he's moving forward. That I could definitely see that happening. Um, 
And then you have our last group, which is safety. And, and the big one, you have Jimmy Ward, Tarvarius Moore, uh, Jaquiski Tart, and Marcel Harris. And, and the big the big elephant in that room is Jimmy Ward is, a, is scheduled to be an unrestricted free agent. And I think if, you know, to me, when I said Emmanuel Sanders, who was my betonline.ag 49ers free agent MVP, I, I was also looking at Jimmy Ward because, you know, that's a tough choice for me. Um, he it, had a really good season. He's struggled with injury more than anybody else on this team. Um, but he had a really, really good year and he was really good. And I think the 49ers really, really like him. And what's interesting too, is I know that I, I assume that Jimmy Ward is going to show a little bit of loyalty towards the 49ers. And, you know, and, and despite the fact that he was a draft pick by Trent Balky, former GM, that struggled with injury. Kyle Shanahan, John Lynch took an immediate liking, liking to him and kept him around. Uh, they, they signed him to his fifth year option. They, you know, they utilized his fifth year option. Then they signed him to a one year deal and kept him around. And, and so I could see him really working with them to try and stay with this team. That being said, there could be a lot of other teams that come calling trying to secure his services because a solid free safety is hard to come by even with, Jimmy Ward's injury concerns his last year was solid and that's all teams are going to need to see. So, you know, I'm not really sure where on that. Everybody else is sticking around. There's, there's nobody else that's leaving. They're all rookies and, uh, you know, and, and not or going on second years and to Christy charts got, a, I think he's got another, at least another year on his deal. So what do you think, man? Is there anything that stands out to you about that group other than, than Jim, you know, I, I'm not even going to say other than Jimmy Ward. You talk about Jimmy Ward for all you want. Yeah. Well, Jimmy, <clears throat> this it, it's an interesting situation with him. Um, I think he played well this year. Um, I think he was very consistent, and I don't think he was ever the reason, and I do love his versatility. With that said, I I still need and, – and I need somebody that's taken the ball away, and he hasn't done that throughout his career. So unless he's coming – and I know you talked about, you know, kind of Fortnite show loyalty to him. So he wants to show loyalty to them and and maybe not try to hit the 49ers over the head as far as the money goes. Um I just I, I think he's a solid football player, but I would like somebody that yep. made more plays. And, you know, I really liked Juan Thornhill uh in the draft last year. And, you know, to see him come in and and pick off three passes and take one to the crib and um, you know, his season ended short with a torn ACL, but see him have that type of impact and taking the ball away, I would like to see that from my safety as well. So um, I, I'm not saying I want to see Ward walk, but I I do think that there's potential there for them to – I don't think it's – I think everybody's like, oh, you have to resign him, you have to resign him. I, I don't think that's the case. I think you can let them walk and I think you you can kind of figure it out a little bit. So that's just kind of my opinion. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. I, I don't. And I didn't have that position until like, I mean, I wasn't, I didn't have that stance until after the season. I just started looking at it. I'm like, he had a good year, but I I didn't think it was like, oh man, you just have to, you got to sign, re-sign Ward. I, and I really like him. I'm somebody that I like him. I've been, you know, one of his bigger supporters um, and I still am. But I just think, you know, as from a, you know, standpoint of 49ers limited cap space and stuff like that, um, I would, you know, the second thing is you don't have a lot of draft picks. So, right. That's no, the, I, that's I don't, I definitely don't think he's somebody like 
break but you got more over anything like that but yeah you know but he, he, you know i think he maintaining that continuity him and tart together were really solid but you know solid is one word and if and if you're aiming for more than solid and you want some guy that's going to come flying in front of a pass and and take it down the sideline then you know maybe he's that's not your guy but um He's definitely somebody that I think the 49ers are going to try and work to keep around. They've already spoken so highly of him, talked about how much they liked him. Um, even Kyle Shanahan said he could wear he, he'd wear a Jimmy Ward jersey if he could, you know, <laughs> which is a cool thing for a coach to say. You know, you just don't hear stuff like that get said very often. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what they do with him. But like I said, the 49ers are really they got to try. They have they only have 13 million dollars in the cap room. They're going to create more. They're, people are going to get cut. Contracts are going to get restructured. Stuff like that. But you know, and the, and and the two, I wouldn't say givens, but you know, they they're expected to extend George Kittle. They're expected to extend to Forrest Buckner. Now, at the same time, I just looked at that. The Forrest Buckner's do like like fourteen million this year. Mm. Um, so I could see them extending him, but doing it in a way where it actually frees up, con- you know, cap space. Um, you know how all that crazy stuff works. So. But, I mean, that's pretty much it. That's the whole roster. And the 49ers are still re-signing guys. Uh, they're, they're, you know, they're obviously, they're going back to, uh, they're going back up. One guy we forgot to mention is Jason Verrett. Um, but I, I, I ne- you know, I don't necessarily see him sticking around. Um, and if he does, he, he's a guy they can easily bring back if they want to, if they felt like he can continue to develop and improve from all those injuries he sustained. But um, Also, another guy we didn't mention, um, the kicker, Robbie Gold. Um, I know he's not going to be a free agent, but... I think the way they set up his contract was where they have an out. And we know he started off slow, but he finished the season extremely strong. So, um, but that's just kind of, you know, something to keep an eye on as well. Yeah. We can't just gloss over special teams. That's horrible of us. <laughs> just kickers and punters or people too. And long snappers. And so, yeah, you have Robbie gold. Uh, you have Mitch Wisnowski and you have Kyle Nelson. All are solid in their own respect. Uh, Wisnowski was kind of up and down throughout the season, but that's probably to be expected of, of rookie punters. Um, he also, he also seemed like he got pretty, pretty consistent there towards the end of the season. So um, those are all guys that are going to come back next year. Uh, and like you said, Robbie Gould kind of seemed like he was struggling in the beginning. Some of those misses were, were kind of situationally dependent and he, he really found his stride late in the season. And he seemed like, you know, that same old kicker. So we'll see. Um, but that kind of, you know, that wraps up the roster. The 49ers are going to start signing a lot of guys to, to round out that 90 man roster. Um, that they're allowed to have throughout, you know, that they're allowed to build up as they kind of go through the season into the draft class and, and free agency class. So we'll see. Uh, might not be as exciting of a of a, an off season as we're used to having. The 49ers uh, don't have a lot of cap space. They've got to worry about their own players. Um, they don't have a lot of draft picks or any of that stuff. So it's not going to be as exciting. But at the same time, that is the life of a team that has is good. That has done a good job rebuilding their roster. They've used the cap space effectively to sign good players. Um, and, and you know, they've they've drafted pretty well. And now they're in a position where they have good players. They don't have a lot of needs. And, you know, if that makes for a boring offseason, then so be it, because it should make for a more exciting regular season. So, um, but that's it for us. Again, you know, well over an hour, figures, of course. Every time I we I start to record a podcast, I was like, you know, this one might be on the shorter side, and then we just, <laughs> just <laughs> talk all, and it happens. So, um, again, we got to thank our sponsors, uh, BetOnline.ag and Untuck It. Make sure you give them uh, their due diligence. Give them a follow. Get online. Sign up. Um, signing up for them, whether you're not, you're gonna you're gonna offer them their business or not. Um, 
that supports us and that's what keeps blue wire going and that's what keeps blue wire on this crazy uh upward trajectory that it's been on over the past year shout out for kevin jones for for going from the kevin jones podcast to ceo of the blue wire network so um you know much respect to him and much respect to you guys for tuning in each and every week you guys have uh kevin told us that since me and crocker joined our the podcast is has like tripled in size um and listens and views downloads all that good stuff um so we appreciate it appreciate all the support we hear you guys on twitter um were you about to say something croc no 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 okay i just heard a little sound yeah just agreeing with you okay all right so as you can see croc appreciates you guys too so um that wraps it up for another week again i appreciate you guys thanks for thanks for listening on it means means the world and it's i love being the fact of being able to talk to you guys every week so um we will see you guys in another week uh if not sooner and if something gets us on here sooner then we'll jump on here sooner but for now this is striking gold signing out Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.